Citizens, you're now trapped in a nerd cage with your hosts Mark and Jay. We hope you have a smashing good time. Yeah. <laughs> Hello and welcome. That's right, you're trapped in Nerd Cage Live. This ain't just a reaction show, but a debate show and a live discussion on everything that makes people like you and I tick. So thank you for joining us tonight. I am your co-host, Jay Sanji, coming to you live from Syracuse, New York, and always with me, my man, The Fiend from Louisville, Mark Withers. What's shaking, buddy? Hey, what's going on, man? Uh, super excited to be here as usual. And here we are with another look back. Uh, right. Are, in this episode, we're going to talk about The Expendables, which is like a who's who of 80s and 90s action heroes. I know that when I first watched this, I was like, I, I, I had to pinch myself. I was like, <laughs> you know, I can't believe that all of these superstars are in one movie. And, you know, it just sort of came out of nowhere. So how did you feel about it when you first uh, heard that they were making this movie? Well, first and foremost, I ate my steak before I watched the movie. <laughs> this is a man's movie for sure. Um, but I will never forget. I remember where I was when I was first told about this movie, it was about a year before the movie came out, a co-worker, I was working at Target at the time, I worked at Target for three years during college. Um, and I remember this dude was telling me like, there's this movie come out called The Expendables. I did not believe him. It was like, it's Sylvester Stallone, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Bruce Willis, Jason Statham, Dolph Lundgren and Jet Li. And he's like naming all these superstars. I did not believe it. I'm like, no way are they, are all these guys that we grew up watching gonna set their egos aside and be in a movie together. I'm like no way no way I didn't believe it like this sounds like some 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 troll on the internet just made up and just put it out there like hey I heard this movie coming out called the expendables and Stallone blah 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 like I didn't believe it when I first heard about it and then when the trailer came out and then all this confirmation came out oh my god I was lit keep in mind everybody this is before the Avengers before the yeah. Avengers we were talking about Getting everybody together. I mean, Toho. Okay, well, let's, let's take it back. The, the Universal Monsters kind of did it first, but Toho did it first with Destroy All Monsters, having all the Godzilla monsters and Rodan and Mothra, everybody right. on screen together for the first time, and all of them. And then now, we're, now, like I said, decades later, we have all the action stars that we grew up with. All that we grew up with are all in the same movie together. Again, this was before the Avengers, so it's like, wow. This this felt like this this was like the this was like the true prelude to Avengers, you know, when we got all these superstars on screen together, and I just I just couldn't believe it. And let me just tell you right now, seeing this movie in the theaters, maybe, possibly the very best experience I've ever had in a movie theater. It was all it was a whole lot of testosterone in the movie theater. Everybody was letting everybody was cheering. Everyone was laughing and screaming during yep. scene, like the crazy scenes like i can't remember the last time i had that much fun other than like the first avengers movie i can't remember the last time i had that much fun in a movie theater like it was just lit it was a party it was like a celebration and this movie still i still get the same feeling of this movie to this day right on right on so funny story man like you know i worked in an office back in like 2005, 2006. And there were a bunch of like other people that were like my age and like a little bit younger 
who had kind of grown up with like 80s and 90s action stars. And some yeah. somebody made a joke one day and said, Would it, wouldn't it be like the greatest thing ever if we could get Sylvester Stallone, uh, all Arnold Schwarzenegger, Dolph Lundgren, Jean-Claude Van Damme, like, and they, we just started like filing off, like rifling off, like all of these like action star names. Like, wouldn't it be great to get them all in the same movie? And <laughs> like six months, it became like this running joke. Like every day at lunch, we would start to add a name. Like, oh, what if we put Wesley Snipes in there? <laughs> oh, what if we put, you know what I mean? Like over time. And then, you know, fast forward, like, you know, four or five years later, and it's a real thing, you know what I mean? And, and you were still working <laughs> in that same office? Yeah, well, no, by that time, I, you know, I had moved on to another office, but I kept in touch with some of my friends from there. And that be, that was like the new running joke was like, man, somebody owes us a check. Like we came, <laughs> we came up with the idea, <laughs> you know? And um, you know, one of the one of the funnier things about that is that like we had cast like Wesley Snipes in a role, and um, come to find out that Terry Crews's character was originally meant for Wesley Snipes. Oh, I did not know that. Yes, yeah, he was actually in talks with Stallone to to play that role, but because he was going through like his tax issues at the time, mm -hmm. he wasn't allowed <laughs> yeah. to. Yeah, everybody remembers that. So like yep. he wasn't allowed to leave the states. Um, where and there were some uh, there were some parts of the movie that were going to be filmed outside of the states, so he wasn't yeah. he wasn't going to be able to do it. So then they rewrote the role for Forrest Whitaker, and Forrest Whitaker couldn't do it because there was a scheduling conflict. He was working on something else. Yeah, but man, Forrest Whitaker even at that time he's out of shape. He's not he wasn't he wouldn't have been right for it anyway. Well, this would have been off the heels of like Ghost Dog. So like I don't know if you've ever seen that movie. Like he kind of oh. gets busy in that. So. Okay. Like, um, I think it could have worked, but it, at any rate, he couldn't do it. So then they offered it to 50 Cent. Something happened where 50, 50 Cent couldn't do it. And then ultimately it went to Terry Crews. Oh, so. <laughs> uh, Terry Crews was one of the best parts of that movie. I agree. I, I really I agree. feel that way. He was... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to jump right to it. So the scene, the, the one that the, the probably the most famous scene, maybe the best and most famous scene of the movie, was Terry Crews coming in with that giant gun, clearing, yes. <laughs> out, clearing out everything, and then right. drops the great one-liner, remember this shit on Christmas! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. But man, everybody in the theater, let me tell you something. The, watching this watching this movie on my TV, and it with my, no, listen, I don't have the most superior sound, sound equipment, but doesn't even compare to how it was in the movie theater. In the movie theater, that scene was much more louder. You, you felt it in your stomach. Do, do, right. do, 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 like, and like, oh my goodness, seeing that in the theater, and we everyone cheered. We 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 couldn't believe what we were watching. <laughs> seeing this big muscular man with that gun just taking clearance, just clearing everything out. And then of course, then he takes out all the helicopters and the towers and like right. my God, dude. I that was oh, my favorite scene of the movie, hands down. Terry Crews, may, he may not have been the the most pivotal like character, but he had the best scene hands down. And I, no not no other actor could have pulled that off. Only Terry Crews was he it was just on par. It was perfect. It was perfect delivery. Oh, I love it. I love everything about that scene. Terry Crews is the man. Yeah, the great thing about like casting Terry Crews is that like he's like a big like muscular like athletic mm -hmm. dude, but at the same time he has this like, cartoon great, character. Yeah, he has this great comedic timing. 
And yeah. so like he provides this like awesome comic relief, but then there are scenes where he can really get busy and he can really like, you know, like pull off the action scenes, fight scenes, like scenes with guns and stuff like that. So, you know, I think that they really, you know, failed upwards as far as like getting getting him, you know, like choosing him after all of the other choices kind of fell through. It was like a very lucky break for them. Yeah, and, and I, I feel like Terry Crews has been underutilized. I mean, I know he's great in, in, in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and I love them in White Chicks, <laughs> white chicks and like, and, um, but I, I, man, I just feel like a, that we need to see him in more roles similar to Expendables where he's like the action hero, and we need to see yeah. more of that. I mean, because he's got that. I mean, he's got that it factor. And for me, I remember seeing him in, in the Old Spice commercials. That was like the Old Spice commercials were coming yeah, out around the, the Old Spice time, man, like the same time <laughs> as the Expendables. So that, that's what made it extra exciting. Like, oh my god, we're gonna see this guy in the Expendables as well. Like, oh my god, like sign me up. So yeah, yeah. like, I mean, like I said, look at that. It was such a loaded cast, and like, and for me, like other scenes that really stand out to me. Um, and I, I know we, I know we just kind of like talked about it off air, but like. I love the fight scene between Dolph Lundgren and Jet Li because that was like, like that, that was a matchup. So that was a matchup I never ever dreamed of seeing because, like, here's the thing: people got to know that Dolph Lundgren is a fantastic martial artist. He was before right. in Rock before Rocky Four. He was a karate black belt champion in Germany. Yeah, uh, like he was like top of the line, and we never really saw. I mean, obviously in Rocky Four he boxed. He didn't really do show up his martial arts as much. We saw a little bit of his martial arts in like the as bad as it was the Punisher and a few other movies. So I feel like this finally in Expendables we really got to see him go hand to hand with another big name, which was Jet Li. And I just, I, I love that fight scene. It was legendary. I know you feel differently, but for me that was legendary. I mean, as a Jet Li super fan, I was very pissed off like at that <laughs> scene. Even like you know watching it initially, but then like rewatching it like a few days later. Like I didn't, it didn't change my mind. I mean, I just really, I've been a fan of Jet Li since like Tai Chi Master, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like he's just, to me, like he's just one of the greatest um, martial arts film stars out there. Like I put him up there with Jackie Chan, you know? Like yeah. he's, he's incredible. And to have that fight, like, well, both fight scenes, to have him lose like so like embarrassingly, like in my, you know, it'd be one thing if like they were, they were, um, more evenly matched i guess in those yeah. scenes like where you know like like jet lee actually gets some really good shots in but really like the way that it's set up like dolph just like mops the floor with him and i just didn't i just didn't appreciate <laughs> appreciate yeah. you know <laughs> <laughs> i mean oh god but there's so many other great fight scenes like now here's another thing too uh let's let's just jump ahead um stallone versus uh stone cold Okay. Now, I thought Stone Cold was a perfect henchman. He was killer. Um, I loved him. In that yes. Movie. I'm not going to lie to you. I hated Eric Roberts. I still do because yeah. for those who don't know, Eric Roberts is Julia Roberts' older brother. Yeah. He's terrible in everything. And everything. Yeah. <laughs> this is why the Expendables 2 was better than Expendables 1. John Clan Van Damme was a great villain. Right. And to me, Eric Roberts, he's not an action star. He's not a martial artist. Like, he's not. Like, he was, he was, just, a, he was just a rich guy. Like, he didn't. I just think like it could have been a better like you know, we didn't get like it wasn't a great final showdown because it's Eric freaking Roberts but Stone Cold <laughs> as the henchman now here's what Stallone that was dope. direct quote from Stallone he said this he said that if I don't get if I'm not injured filming a movie this movie's gonna be bad 
Right. Stallone has been vocal saying, if I get hurt, if I get injured, I know this is going to be a good movie. Stallone was injured on set. Right. Stone Cold put um, Stallone in a neck brace. Like, oh wow, I didn't know that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That fight scene where he, where, uh, where Stone Cold threw him, grabbed him by like, mm-hmm. you know, he slammed him down the ground. Stallone got right. hurt, seriously hurt, and they had a whole production. Oh, um, wow. Stallone was uh, go, went to the emergency room and had to wear a neck brace for God knows how long, uh, because due to Stone Cold laying him out. Yeah. So, and that was a great scene too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So props to Stallone. And the funny thing is, is Stallone is literally half the size of Stone Cold, literally. Right. And that made it, that was a fun dynamic there. And then immediately after, uh, of course, the scene I just talked about with Terry Crews, Stone Cold runs away. And then, then we get Randy Couture versus yes. Stone Cold. So, like, man, these matchups were freaking awesome on screen. They were. They were. And, and going back to, like, what you were saying about Eric Roberts, like, I, I just read a funny story where uh, Stallone, like, Eric Roberts' role was actually written for Jean-Claude Van Damme. And they like originally oh. wanted him. So like Stallone like approached him. And at the time, Van Damme, I, I don't know if he was like just not in a good place, but he didn't want the role and like told Stallone that, oh, well, you should be focusing on helping kids in South Central or something, something crazy like that. Um, but after watching the first um, first Expendables, after watching this film, like he immediately expressed regret for not taking that. <laughs> why we see him as the villain in the second one. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's yeah. a little game crawling back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, it, and, you know, think about how much better the movie would have been if it actually had been him in that role as opposed to Eric Roberts. No shade on Eric Roberts because I really, I, I like him in like Best of the Best. And I'm like, gonna say, but he's, he's done so, so many bad movies though. Like That's the thing, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and he's kind of like, I don't know. Like, I hate to say this about him because he used to be like a really great actor, like in the '80s. But he's kind of devolved into these sort of hammy, kind of like over-the-top roles. Like, if you really want to see him like a good movie, like I would recommend uh, the Pope of Greenwich Village. It came out like the early '80s. It was like him and Mickey Rourke, and it's like a really, oh, really okay. good movie. It's an I'm glad you brought. I'm glad you brought up Mickey Rourke. Um, perfect timing because I was just gonna get to Mickey Rourke. One of the best parts of this movie, and it's a damn shame they never brought him back. Mickey Rourke. Listen, fresh off the wrestler, which he should have won the Oscar for. I agree. It bugs me to this day. It kills me every time I think about that. He lost to Sean Penn. It bothers me to this day because that was his defining moment that he could that that, that he was never. We all knew he was not gonna get nominated again. Like this was his right. moment. He didn't get it. And then, um, and then he did Iron Man two immediately right. after that. And the funny thing is, you can kind of see like in the wrestler, Mickey Rourke was ripped and had the, the six pack. And then in, in the Expendables, he had the had the dad bod. But yeah, you, listen, you, for reference, anyone out there, you don't you don't fuck with Mickey Rourke because um, for real, you Mickey don't. Rourke <laughs> is a licensed. I'm not making this. He's a licensed boxer and, and he's was a professional, and he he was good. Yeah. So you don't don't think you can pick a fight with him because he will knock you out. Um. What? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> just as I said that, my my uh, my Godzilla just came apart. <laughs> so, anywho, back to Mickey Rourke. Well performed. I know it was brief, but it was moving. The the part where Mickey Rourke was talking about how he watched that woman kill herself and he could have saved her. What oh, a man. powerful scene. That was a great what a scene. powerful scene. And again, we got to see the acting chops. Kind of like a reminder, hey, this is the guy that should have won the Oscar. Right. Like we got a great reminder of how great, how much of a moving performance he can give. And that was one of the another 
great standout of this movie was Mickey Rourke's his one monologue there talking to Stallone why he couldn't sleep. He was going to finish the art and then smash the guitar and all that. Oh my God, it was great. And it's just a damn shame we didn't see Mickey Rourke come back. And it's a damn shame we didn't see him do, we didn't really get to see him, see him in action. But I'm just so glad we got to see him, you know, put on a great performance, although brief, but a stellar performance. Right, right. And my take on it is that, you know, like this movie has so much like meat and potatoes in it right like it's like it's all action all the time except for like a handful of scenes like a very small handful of scenes but those scenes are powerful like mickey rourke you know telling that story i would have loved to see like more of him like whether in that capacity or doing some action or a little bit of both you yeah. know what i mean in the same movie if not in subsequent movies i just really like that character a lot yeah you know like and, yeah and and i i just thought like just making him sort of the what was he like a tattoo artist or something yeah he was a tattoo making... artist like he was the one that was giving them the jobs he like he got the phone call from right job. right oh. just and sort he, of like his tattoo shop was like their like their gathering their hideout right much. right right so like yeah and i i i like the idea of having that as the setup but i would love to see him like you know what i mean step in to like one of the jobs and like yeah. you know like because you know supposedly they go back you know they yeah, were, they mentioned they that, were like, in hey, war together we're on that one island yeah yeah, yeah you know that would have been cool did, so yeah yeah definitely now one thing I, i'm gonna mention too is because something you told me that you didn't really like jason statham's character like listen i thought i know you said that we said off air that what his his backstory with with his the breakup with his girlfriend and she's seen that other guy there it really yeah. didn't wasn't really relevant to the main plot i get that but the thing is i feel like it was necessary because we needed to see we didn't we did not just want to see the action stars we wanted to see the human character as well and i just felt like you know we it was nice seeing his human character we we saw a peak of mickey rourke's human character like i actually liked the fact that Although these guys are action stars, they humanized them. And I feel like that was great that we got some of these backstories and what was going on in their lives, you know, outside their, their dangerous missions. And, and same with Dolph London, like he, he had a, a drug addiction. So that's why right. I said, I like how they humanize these characters. And I can, I can agree with the sentiment. I just don't think it was very well executed. And I, mm -hmm. I think that the, those, those scenes in particular, like with, with uh, Jason Statham and his girlfriend and stuff like that, they really didn't add a, a, a whole lot of importance to, like they didn't add, add a whole lot of relevancy to, to the main narrative. And yeah. they didn't move the narrative forward. It was just like this little aside that, you know, like just only makes, it only makes the film longer than it needs to be. It's not really helping you, like it's not really giving you a ton of insight into the character. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Just, I know I I can I can get what you're saying as far as like okay they're trying to humanize these guys, but I think it I just think it could have been done in a much better much more succinct way. Yeah, you know, and I think that they could have they they could have made the those types of scenes more effective to where you mm -hmm. actually see the emotion because all that's really doing the scene the the way those scenes are laid out all they're really doing is showing you what a badass he is. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're not really showing you how he feels. Like, it's just like, oh, well, this guy messed with you and well, I'm going to go and show up on a, on a basketball court and beat him, beat up him and all of his friends. 
<laughs> yeah, but like, the thing is, but there was more to it than that. That you know, he was in love with a woman, and and she, you know, he didn't really fill her in on what he does for a living, why he always disappeared for long periods of time. So, so I'm just saying that there, there was some of some of that stuff was mentioned in there. Um, now, okay, I'm gonna shift gears a little bit. Um, I one thing I love about this movie as well is the opening. Now I'm gonna take everybody back to around the time when this movie came out. This whole the Somalian pirate thing was 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 big. It was like world news at the time of these Somalian pirates taking American hostages and hostages from other right. countries, and how that was a dangerous area at the time because of these Somalian pirates. I love the fact that talk about great timing. So I don't know if this was like a last minute decision or not, but the fact that this movie opened with them on a mission to you know to fight these pirates. Right. Man, talk up. We couldn't ask for better like. Uh, way to open the movie at the time what the world and the country was going through and I agree with that you know like you know you know we talked off camera about some of the things that I don't think hold up I just kind of think that you know I I love the action in that Um, I just think that like the way that they set up the the Dolph Lundgren kind of like breaking off like having them having him break off from the rest of the team and the way that they did that it didn't seem realistic to me like like not that it not that any of it's supposed to be realistic yeah (laughs) but you know what i'm saying it's like i don't i don't understand why they would be upset about what he was doing at that moment like just why would you be like i would just be like all right i guess that's cool you know like if that's your thing but there were there was a deleted scene um okay the so the part where he did the warning shot by the way, the theater went nuts. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the warning shot scene, before he did the warning shot, uh, Dolph Lundgren had a monologue. Um, mm-hmm. He got into an argument with the pirates, and then he said a joke, some kind of like a derogatory joke towards them. Um, I-, I can't remember. It's, it might be in the Blu-ray somewhere, but there was a deleted scene where he got an argument with the pirates and said a, a joke to them, mm-hmm. and then he did the warning shot. So... But what so I'm there referring were some, to, there, there were some stuff that were cut off during that scene. Right, right, and they probably would have made that make a little bit more sense. And, yeah, you know, you know how I am. I'm like, yes. why did they cut cut this important stuff out? And that that probably would have made it better. But like the part that I'm talking about is like when they're like, well, what are you doing? I'm hanging a pirate. Like, yeah. why would they want to stop him? Like, just do it. Like these guys were gonna, you know, kill kill these innocent people. Like. It doesn't make sense to me that they would have. But Stallone, Barney, his name was, his character was Barney. Well, it wasn't his real name, but he's mentioned that, hey, you know, we don't kill like that. We're not savages like these people are. Like, we just, we just do the job. We're not going to, you know, we're not going to lower ourselves to their level is basically what, what Stallone was upset about. And again, you could, yeah, it makes you wonder like, that well, that was the reason why they they cut him off from the group. But they also another thing too is his drug addiction. Like you know, he was he was button heads with Jet Li. He right. had the drug addiction, which I think that was great because he got to add some depth to the character there. That sure. he's though he's fucked up from all those missions that he got hooked on heroin to get his get him away from that. You know, PTSD pretty much. Right. Like he had to get away from it, and that's why he had that drug addiction. I, again, so that's what I'm saying. There's there's some. I I liked how this movie was that how it worked. Um, yeah, but that's what I mean by like the execution. Like I like that he had that backstory, but they yeah. really didn't show him like really struggling with that addiction. And they and and the his reason for getting the boot 
it may have been like, okay, this this is one of the reasons, but this last straw is that I, that it, he's hanging a pirate. And yeah. like the way, what they explained in the film is that Stallone had this like one rule, which was that the people that you kill on the job have to deserve it, right? Yeah. Well, these guys deserved it. So why would, why would he stop Dolph Lundgren from doing what he's trained to do, what he's being yeah. paid to do? Like it just didn't, that particular scene, like I just had a problem with it. Like it just didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Yeah. That's all. But I still enjoyed it. Yeah. I mean, listen, I got my criticisms too. I'm just going to point out the one criticism and this is, I don't think it was really Stallone's fault, but I, it, it could have been timing. It could have been budget. The scene where they escape, they, when they first escape from the island, the, the car chase. The camera work was a little off-putting. I mean, some people yeah. like people. Some people zero in on that, but I, I get it. It's not, but it's not. It didn't ruin the movie for me. But I will say one of my criticisms is that the the whole the, them escaping from the island could have been executed better. The you know yeah, the, the, the the chase scene was a little. It was just a little weird how the the pacing and the camera work was a little little off. But yeah, really, I that was it. only my only problem with the movie. I mean, other than that. To me, the movie still holds up. The action and the gore and the, um, you know, the dialogue makes me laugh because it's it's what you would expect from them. So to me, the movie still holds up. And uh, okay, so we're getting close to wrapping this up. So I'm gonna I'm gonna add my one last thing in here. Maybe the funniest scene, maybe the scene, probably the most important scene, and it was and it was basically history. We get a scene with with Stallone, Schwarzenegger, and Bruce Willis talking in the church, and they break the fourth wall a little bit, and it's great. Man, that scene was great. I, I wish we got a little bit more of that. But at the time, remember, uh, Schwarzenegger was still, you know, governor at the time. Right. You know, so it was it was a miracle they got him they got him to appear in it. And yeah, and Bruce Willis, as we all know, was, demands money. So the fact that they got the three of them, even though it wasn't an action scene, but to see the three of them together on screen for the first time was epic. That was epic. pretty cool. That was pretty cool. And originally, I think Schwarzenegger was supposed to play Mr. Church, and they were going to get like Kurt Russell, I think, to play Schwarzenegger's oh, role. This opportunity. Yeah, and that kind of fell apart for whatever reason. And so they kind of got Bruce Willis in, and then they they switched Schwarzenegger's role. But it, it, to me, that still worked well. You know what I mean? It was nice to see like Arnold and Sly like trade these barbs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and you know, he wants to be about president. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, all that was great. Uh, yeah. I love this movie, look, listen, this movie still holds up. It may not be the best action movie ever. It's it's not, uh, I mean, again, I mean, I'll still take the Rambo movies and the Rocky movies and the Terminators over this movie, Anybody. but I still, before what came out in the past decade, with the world needed is because I feel like at the time, action movies, we were getting to the comic book era and we're, right. You know, action movies didn't have that testosterone. Like, you know, action heroes of the modern era were skinny and didn't. Now this movie brought back the action, the true '80s, '90s action, the muscular men and the right. and the one-liners. Like, we this movie revived that, and it showed that there was still an audience there. And I'm forever grateful to it. It was like a, to me, this movie was like the revival of '80s and '90s action, and it was what the world needed at the time. And I still love this movie. I still look back fondly at it. Um, so before we go. I got, we'll do a couple quick things here. Um, well, before I, before I go, Mark, what, what are your closing thoughts overall? So, so yeah, so just to echo what you said, I mean, I, I think that you you nailed it. Like, 
I, I look at the Expendables as a tribute, like as a love letter to the 80s and 90s action movies that we grew up on. And to yeah. see all of these guys in one film doing what they do best, even at like an advanced age, you know, was, was really something to see at the time and even now when we look back on it. So, yes. and they opened the door to a fantastic franchise that we all love. And so, you know, can't wait to see, to see more of it. Absolutely. So there's only three movies to rank. So I'm going to rank mine real quick. I rank them in order. I'm going to go one, two, then then three. Okay. Uh, I, I will say two is the most action-packed one. Um, but I just feel like seeing it was kind of like going from Avengers 1 to Avengers 2. I and mean, Now, listen, I, I didn't like Age of Ultron, but seeing them together for the first time was epic. Seeing right. them together a second time, it wasn't as epic, but at least we got that the true action we did get an action scene with arnold bruce and sly right in action this time and they, we got a better villain but to me the first one was still better the third one was good but they toned unfortunately they toned down the violence and brought it to pg-13 rain but but it was great so um how would you rank the movies i'm, I'm gonna say uh two one and then three um i okay. like I like two a lot more because I'm a big Jean-Claude Van Damme fan. Yes. And to see him as a villain, which I don't think, it, to recent memory, I don't remember seeing him play the bad guy in anything. And that was really interesting. I think he did it really well. Um, and uh, I, I have to put three last because it has one of my least favorite people on earth, Mel Gibson. Yes, it. yeah, and that's just, yeah, I just really didn't didn't like that. The he story was, was there, but yeah, it just sucks that they they went with Mel Gibson. And yeah, I think I think Stallone, I think also Stallone and Mel Gibson clashed on set too. Right, right. Um, now we've been hearing rumblings about an Expendables four. Who is on your wish list for Expendables four? So go ahead, give your list first, and I'll do mine. Oh man, you just put me on the spot. I haven't even had time to think about this, dude. Like who, you know, like. I would love to see like some of the some of the 80s action stars that we haven't seen in this. Okay. Like we haven't seen Steven Seagal in this, right? Like so yeah. I would you know, I would have loved to seen to have seen him in any of the first 3 um you know, and then some of the like you know, I'm a I'm a big proponent of like the 80s, like particularly the 80s martial arts stars. Yes. So I'd love to see like somebody like a Jeff Speakman or, okay. you know, like a Shokasugi or somebody like that in there. Yeah. You know, now that we know that like Jet Li is, you know, Jet Li takes off in like the third one, right? Like he's yeah. just like, all right, I'm out. Just, you know, I'm just going to go back to my family or whatever. Yeah. Well, we need another like martial arts expert in there. Like, and I would love to see somebody like Shokasugi come in or even like Jackie Chan. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Because you see me smiling. <laughs> you knew I was going to say that too. Nope. So, so I got my list. All right. Okay. Who, Here's who my list. Okay. So. I was I didn't have this on my list initially, but you just mentioned it. I'm gonna say I would love to have Kurt Russell. Yes. Jackie Chan for obvious reasons. Right. Now, I also, because of the Rocky background, because we got Dolph London, I wanna see Carl Weathers and Mr. T. Yeah, yeah. So th those are my picks for if they do an expendables four, I would really I would love to see that those are the guys I'd like to see. That. Oh, and one more and, and a bonus, bring back Mickey Rourke for part four. Yes, and have him do some action. That would yes. that would just send it over the top. Now, yeah. like as far as like Carl Weathers and and Sly Stallone, like are they getting along? Because I know that they had some beef over uh, oh, Carl Weathers. Yeah, like Carl I did not. Weathers. I wasn't aware of that. 
Yeah, like when the first Creed movie was was uh, being developed, he wanted to be a part of the film. And Sly was like, well, how are we gonna do that? Like your character was killed off. And he just basically told him like, we, you can't be cast in it. And that oh. just, yeah, they had a huge falling out over it. Oh, I, I was not aware of that. Yeah, I don't know if they've patched that up since then. Well, I hope they have, because like I said, yeah. I, love this. I would love to see the two of them, whether if it's Rocky and Apollo, but I would love to see, that's the thing, is that's my wish. I want to see them together on screen again. I, I think Expendables would be the way to do it. Yeah. Um, and then finally, there's been rumblings about, well, this, you know, we're going a little bit over than we planned on to, but I have to throw this topic in there before we go. There has been rumblings for years now about a female Expendables movie, like a spinoff called The Expendabellies. Yeah. Right. Uh, so I would love to see that happen. And for starters, I mean, just to throw some names out there, uh, Signori Weaver, uh, Mil Miljovich of the Resident Evil films, and um, uh, Gina Carano. Or, okay. I say that? Yeah, it's like mm -hmm. that. I'm just throwing some names out there. Like, I would love to see an all-female, and Linda Hamilton, okay. and like an all-female, you know, lean glint or older that have that have had like you know action background so i don't know if you have any thoughts on that or if you have a wish list it, it wouldn't be a movie without michelle yo you got to put her in there oh yes yeah and angela bassett's got to be in there like i don't know if you've ever seen the movie strange days mm -hmm. but like she is she was she was made to do action like she has yeah. the physicality she knows how to, she knows how to do fight scenes she's great with with uh with like uh, stunts and action and things like that. I wish that like, that we would have seen her do a lot more of that in the subsequent movies that came out after Strange Days. And yeah. I think that if they did a female Expendables, she would be fantastic in it. She would be unbelievable. Yeah. So yeah, that would be, those would be my picks. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that would be, yeah. It, 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 I think I would love to see it happen. If it, what, if it happens, who knows? Um, but yeah, I, I would love to see a part four if they don't, if I'm not going to lose sleep at night, if they don't do an Expendables four or the female Expendables, I'm not gonna lose sleep at night, but I hope I'd like to see, I would like to see more. Uh, that's, uh, that's all I got to say. And if, so those who haven't seen Ex Expendables, um, I don't know if it's streaming anywhere, but you can get it on Blu-ray easy. I think, I think you can get the whole trilogy on Blu-ray for like 10, $20 maybe. Um, I don't know if there's a 4k release yet or not. But if you haven't seen it, shame on you, but go, you need to see it. I feel like it, for any action lover, it's a requirement. Yeah, it's streaming that's on Amazon for $2.99, which is where I watched it the other day. So. Oh, okay, okay, so that's not bad, that's not bad. So yes, so Expendables, again, I'm, I'm still, it still holds up to me, and it's basically, the, it, was, it was the Avengers of action movies, and thoughts overall may not be a perfect movie, but it's a solid action flick, and just, I love it. I still love it, and it was it was definitely a fun rewatch. Yeah, it, it was. You know, with the problems that I had that I mentioned, overall, I still have a lot of love for this movie, a lot of love for this franchise, and I do hope that they continue with it. Yes, and uh, you know, before we go, we just want to mention uh, the our. If you like this episode, we also this Scott Pilgrim episode look a look back at Scott Pilgrim. So uh, be sure to check that out. And uh, we're, we're going to be doing a look back at the, the original Mortal Kombat movie next week. So uh, we are having a great time with these lookbacks, and we're going we definitely plan on doing more. There's a lot more on my list that I want to do. <laughs> um, and, of, and of course, we have Danny Pacina of uh, Mortal Kombat, the original Scorpion, Sub-Zero, Johnny Cage, Reptile, Smoke, Noom Sabot. He's going to be on our show 
Uh, by the time this comes out, it'll, it'll be next week. So we're looking at Thursday, August 20th at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We encourage you to be there. It's going to be a great damn time to talk martial arts, movies, maybe a little bit of kaiju stuff, and, of course, Mortal Kombat. We're, we're very much looking forward. And, again, thank you to everybody who keeps coming to the streams every Thursday. We will continue those. It's been a lot of freaking fun. Yes, it has. And, again, you know, to, to echo what you just said, you know, Thursday, August 20th, be there or be, be square. If you can't make it and you have questions for Master Piscina, you know, comment, you know, jump yes. in the comments on this and let us know, you know, like what your questions are. You can hit us up on Facebook also yes. uh, or Twitter at nerd underscore cage and just let us know what you want to ask Master, Master Piscina and we'll ask him on your behalf. Yes, absolutely. So again, uh, thank you very much. Uh, this has been a fun look back. So before we go, we ask you to pretty please like, comment, subscribe, and ring that bell and spread this shit like syphilis. So to you, I say from Louisville to Syracuse and to all of our friends and fans around the world at Nerdcage Live, enjoy life, stay safe, and good night. Sayonara. Ooh, trying to get out of the Nerdcage, are ya? Well... Before you go, hit that subscribe button. And if you're really intrigued, ring that bell. Thank you for dropping by. Until next time, tell everyone you know about Nerdcage Live! <laughs>